This is our fourth episode this year that has come as a kind of extra on top of our regular season. And I just wanted to make a note before we start today that the reason we've been able to do this is because of our patrons. I write about 24 hours worth of episodes a year, maybe 25, uh, and that's about what I have time for given my responsibilities teaching and uh, raising children and cooking dinner. So patrons help to uh, allow me to uh, buy the services and uh, various things I need to have more time to create more content like these uh, bonus interview episodes that we've been releasing this year. So uh, if you value having more content on your Occult Confessions feed, please consider giving at our Patreon. Just visit occultconfessions.com and click on Donate. Thanks. We the members of the Secret Order of Alchemical Actors do solemnly commit ourselves to a full and honest telling of the history of the occult as far as we know it. Uh, hello, uh, Rob C. Thompson here, your supreme hierophant, welcoming you to uh, another episode of our alchemical anthropology series. In fact, though, uh, we might as well sub out the A's there. This is more like alchemical archaeology today. I am joined by Miranda Yancey, uh, who is an archaeologist. She has her master's degree in geographic information systems from Southern Illinois University at uh, Edwardsville. And she works as the Illinois Inventory of Archaeological Sites Technician and also at the (laughs) Illinois State Museum. Uh, So we were just talking before and uh, Miranda describes this as uh, she's the person behind behind the closed doors where it says you can't enter. (laughs) Yes, yes. In the the closet on the computer. (laughs) Welcome, Miranda. (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is really great. I am delighted. So Miranda had written to me uh, saying, you know, Rob, would you be interested in doing an episode on burial mounds? And and Miranda knew so much about burial mounds that I said, well, well, why don't you do one with me? So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. Oh, um, I just wanted to say first off, I, this is a a topic that I really that hold dear to me. And I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer at the end. (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> I love, I love conspiracy theories. Just, just in advance, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't, don't see me as a Debbie Downer, please. <laughs> it's a nice teaser. So yes, we will be. Uh, well, that, this is what you know. This is what the occult confession folks like. They like us to get into the weird and then debunk it, right? Yeah. <laughs> For I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So let's let's uh, let's get started on these. So the topic today is burial mounds, ancient burial mounds. So tell me first, how ancient are we talking? Well, there's multiple cultures across North America that built mounds. Um, the oldest ones go back to about 3,500. Some people say as far as 4,500 BCE. Um, oh. Yeah. And if you in the South, they have a lot of very large complexes. So one of the really old archaic um, mound complexes um, is at a place called Poverty Point in Louisiana, and there's over a square mile of earthworks and mounds um, at that location. And it was built around 1500 BCE. So um, yeah, those are some of the oldest ones. And around Illinois, we find um, a lot of older archaic archaic burial mounds, small conical mounds on bluff tops here. So we don't get the very, the large complexes like they have in the South, but there was also, there's still archaic mound building 
going on all over. Um, so yeah, in religious studies, we think 1500 BC is pretty pretty freaking old because <laughs> you know that's that's like you know your uh, Upanishads. You know, early. I'm sorry, not Upanishads. That's your earliest Vedic texts. That's a thousand years before we're writing uh, the Old Testament, even yes. <laughs> according to many estimates. So this is a long time ago. It was, and I would recommend um, looking up Poverty Point and just looking at the arrangement. It, it's it's really. It's really something else, um, especially when you think about how old it is. Um, I, I want to get into what the sites look like in a second, but before I do, can you tell me where are so they're at Louisiana, they're in Illinois. Where where are these burial mounds? There are mounds all the way across the the Midwest, the into New York, Northeast, Southeast. Wow. Um, you, people think of the Mississippi River Valley um, as having, I guess, the most, but I don't. I, I would, they just, they were known for Mississippian culture and Mississippians also, that was the last big mound building culture in North America, pre-contact. So, which there was actually still Mississippians in the South when the Spanish came who observed them building mounds. Is this an American thing? Do we find them in other parts of the world? Uh, you know, lots of different cultures build mounds. It's just what, what materials do you have on hand and what, you know, like it, if you go to the Southeast, they had stonework, but here in the Midwest, um, you know, they were building these pyramids out of, out of soil and they were really engineered. It wasn't just piling up of whatever dirt you could find. These were engineered with layers of clay and sand and um, they were improved over the years. So if the site starts slumping, then, you know, the, the, tribes would go in and repair them. Um, so it was really, sometimes it's hard to date them because they might've been used, you know, for a very long time, maybe abandoned. And then maybe another group came in. Oh, so you'll find newer artifacts. I it, see. Yeah. It's, you, you can sometimes trace when the mound was built, but it's also possible that they were being reused over time. Hmm. So tell me a little bit about what they looked like. Let's, let's start with, you know, what we would have seen in, 1500 BCE and what we might see now? How would we know we're approaching a burial mound? Well, it, it just depends. So there's different types of mounds. Burial mounds generally tend to be your smaller conical mounds, but there's also large platform mounds. And so if you were to come to Cahokia, that actually is much later. Cahokia boomed at about 1050. And where's that at? That is across the river from St. Louis. It's a World World okay. Heritage Site, one of the few UNESCO World Heritage Sites in the Midwest. It was the largest prehistoric city north of Mexico, and it its largest mound, which is called Monk's Mound, um, because Trappist monks set up shop there in the 1700s <laughs> for a while. Um, so that's how it got, got its name. But um, it's about the size of the base of it's about the size of the Great Pyramid, um, and it's about 100 feet tall, and it's multi-platform mound that's aligned at the end of a causeway and large plaza. We actually know on the solstices, then it aligns perfectly with the Milky Way, which was a lot of Native people venerate the Milky Way and, and the timing of it. And um, so that, that's some of our more recent research that that's come about in Illinois there. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a really fascinating site. And it's just huge mounds. There's a lot of them preserved in Cahokia Mounds. Uh, it's a state historic site. And there's actually, if people want to contact their uh, senators and Congress people, they're trying to make it into a national park. Oh. So that, it's something that uh, 
they pushed a few years ago and didn't really get anywhere, but it, it really should be. Like I said, it's a world, world heritage site. Um, and that's in Missouri or it's in Illinois. It's in Illinois. Yeah. Okay. It's just across the river from, okay. I see. From so Louis. if you, if you're from Illinois, right, you're, yes. right, you're state Senator, right. Or national park or state park, national park. It's okay. Yeah. Well, right. Your Senator. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's in Congress. They just um, brought it up. They're going to be voting on it soon. So, Oh, cool. So uh, yeah. If anybody wants to. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. yeah. Please do. Please. Yeah, please write in. Uh, so when we approach them now, they would look like hundred foot tall hills. Uh, well, sort of a platform. So almost a pyramid, almost like a, so would, uh, the tiny top. Uh, a soil okay. pyramid. Yeah. Yep. It, it will, it'll uh, exactly kind of step in. And if you would have been there during Mississippian times, then there would have been a very large ceremonial temple built on the top, that very top of the mound. Wow. Um, but you can still walk up the mountain today. They have st- stairs on it. So you can, you can walk up to the top and go out there during the solstice. And they also had um, some wood hinges that were used to track the astronomical alignments. Huh. Um, so it was, uh, you could, it's, it's really fascinating. So if you were to walk and went, went into one of these complexes, you would see multiple smaller mounds, maybe burial mounds at a certain part of the site. Um, and then where the ceremonial center was, usually the platform, that's where you're going to find your platform mounds. So the slope of the mound was such that you could walk to the top, or you can right now. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But you could, histor- you always could walk to the top. Yeah. So do you have any idea what happened in these temples? I know that's really hard to know what humans do in these spaces since we just have the artifacts, but yeah. any guesses? Um, you know, it's. It, I don't think I'd really want to speculate <laughs> too much. We, yeah. we know that there was like a, um, the, a red cedar was a very sacred tree for them, and there was a massive red cedar found in the top of the mound um, Uh. that had been driven in a massive post. Um, So those ceremonial posts were important and we, we know that, but it's so hard to say without any written record. So the artifacts you see are these posts, you see the the hinges for astrological calculations, that sort of thing. Any other artifacts associated with the temples? There's been burial temples with um, really amazing grave goods, uh, effigy pots, shell beads, copper artifacts, just really ornate, beautiful burial items. Uh, But you're not going to find that in every mound. Sometimes there are not people buried in mounds and not every mound is a burial mound. Okay. Um, So it's, and and we we don't really, we don't dig into them now (laughs) like like they used to, you know, nowadays. And we know that possibility for human remains, you know, is there. And so the goal is to try to preserve and conserve it and not necessarily dig it. Um, and that's something we, we work with the tribal groups, you know, like if, if a mound is found in a project, you know, we'll work with the tribes because they want to see it be avoided. I've, I've been on a project where I dot ended up green spacing because we had found a previously unknown mound. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they ended up changing their highway plans a bit to, to green space that area and make sure it oh, wasn't wow. impacted. So, well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so really now it's, that's one thing it's so hard to kind of go against these myths of the mound builders because we just don't, people want to see this great excavation these days, but <laughs> we, we just don't do that. 
<laughs> like, maybe maybe we could help dispel some myths if we did, but we don't, and we sh- I don't think we should. So the fact that there's temples on top of burial mounds suggests that you know at least we could guess there was some funerary rite perhaps being performed. I guess though, right? Yes, and and there there have been found um, charnel like charnel houses mm, nearby, okay. and you'll find cremated remains. Fascinating. Um, it, it, there's really a, a lot of variation. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I have to make a correction here because I talk about uh, Blavatsky uh, bringing cremation to the United States, but in fact, it was here long before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or they sometimes they would, you know, also just leave them up and kind of let you decay naturally, and then bundle the bones together, and you'll find um, bundled burials. You, hmm. they kind of let nature take you. <laughs> I mean, the people are sort of doing that now, right? There's a return to this natural there burial. Is. Yeah, yeah, I think. Much better than getting pumped full of chemicals <laughs> thrown yeah, in the yeah. ground. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're preserving there. You're not going to last one way or the other yeah. in a physical sense. All right, so let's uh, let's. So we've been been teasing this uh, people who have interacted with the mounds through history. Uh, but let's 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 get into this a bit. How have people? So so we're talking about the native people, indigenous people, ancient tribes, really, ancient groups who built these mounds. But what happened when white people showed up? Ooh, well, most people immediately went to the lost race theory. And it, there's this huge debate about the origins of Native Americans and it, um, even going back to the 1500s, there was people saying they had to have come from Atlantis and they built these mounds and now now they're <laughs> gone because there's no way that the current natives could possibly construct these monuments. Um, interestingly, Thomas Jefferson excavated a mound on his property and he concluded early on, no, this is totally Native American. Um, he even remembered seeing natives making uh, trips to that mound whenever he was a child, there was still natives in the area that would come there to, to, um, you know, do a ritual or venerate the mound. So he had no question that it was built by natives, but it quickly went from everything from Vikings to the ancient Welsh, the lost tribe of Israel um, (laughs) was another big one with the um, book of Mormon. And that, that really helped help kick that one off, but it was around even before um, book of Mormon but and, and even the Hindu culture, some people speculated that Hindus came over, built the mounds, um, and then disappeared. It, it's, that's that's the problem. This race is always disappearing. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it, it kind of eventually settled on the idea of Vikings. I think that was the most predominant belief. It was basically that Europeans originally discovered this land, and then they were destroyed by these savages, the natives that we find today. And that was the belief for a very long time. Well, so let's, let's, go, let's dig into these theories a little bit, one by one. Let's start with, uh, well, which one should we do? Let's start with Atlantis. That's That one's a fun one. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm a little surprised by the interpretation of Atlantis because my understanding from theosophical standpoint, you know, the theosophists after Blavatsky, and I think in part from Blavatsky, they theorized that it was possible that America's native people were descended from the people of Atlantis. But you're saying that 
you know, the, these folks came, the, the, the white colonizers discovering these mounds w- would say, uh, yeah, the people from Atlantis built this, but they're not related to our contemporary Native people. Correct. That, um, and you start seeing that with a lot of these beliefs, like uh, with the great white giants that were actually the mound builders, and then they were destroyed by later inhabitants that are the natives we have today. Like there's, I think it was a way of justifying that the Europeans had this land first. Okay, so let's do the Vikings and Gigantopithecus. <laughs> yes. I wrote this down, Gigantopithecus. This is the, the I guess, the species we attributed to or have invented to say that these people are. Uh, so the idea is that Vikings, some of the most um, d- dangerous, I think, people in <laughs> the history of human culture, right? ravaged Europe that they came to America became very weak and then just got their butts handed to them. Is that, that's the idea. Yeah. But only after, only after building these great mounds mounds. all over. (laughs) Uh, And, and this is uh, maybe John Fitch comes into play here. Uh, This is, I think a 19th century or late 18th century person who said that they were military fortifications. Is Mm -hmm. he, is is this involved at all here? Did he think they were Vikings or, or maybe you can't speak to Fitch exactly, but. Well, I know that in general for a long time, people said how the mounds had to have held the bodies of, of warriors. Like, so when, when this race was being destroyed, they were also still building, I guess, mounds to hold the bodies of the the lost warriors so the theories don't necessarily link together i mean if they were skilled warriors then probably they weren't defeated by the native americans maybe they died on their own or something or (laughs) is it that that they were skilled awesome warriors but our american indians were better warriors than (laughs) yeah yeah um you know just i I think people there was no way anyone, anyone was going to admit that native people were we're building these we're, we're, exactly so <laughs> okay. i mean because they're found all over and that's the thing is like the vikings would have had to have traveled all over <laughs> not, not just their little little settlement you know <laughs> right so the vikings historically they arrived what like a thousand years into our, our side of the year one right yeah and they, they got to port towns or they maybe founded a little port area or did they even stay? I don't think they stayed long. There's not much evidence. Okay. And I think it wasn't until like the, there's only been like one or two sites that have any kind of, we know they were at least there for a short time. Um, I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that they tried to establish any real colony. Or... Let alone traveled all the way to Mississippi. Yes, and down to Louisiana and (laughs) out to Kansas and Oklahoma. (laughs) Because we're talking about like northern Canada, right? Isn't that where they landed? Yeah, northeast, northeastern Canada. Yeah, and they would have had to have gone all the way to Florida. (laughs) And yeah, and they had to have been there too whenever the the Spanish actually watched mounds being built. Um, So they would have completely changed by that time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's a short amount of time to have done all that stuff. So there's Spanish accounts of, uh, I guess, Mexican people building Aztecs? It, and in, in Florida. So like, oh, in Florida. In okay, Florida, so our North American people. Yeah, so the Mississippian culture um, was still in existence. It had faded up north like where Cahokia is. And by that time, it was still in the far south. Um, so they actually had contact with Mississippian cultures and they watched them work on mounds and 
worship at mounds and um but yeah, these these other guys uh, never seem to read the Spanish explorers. <laughs> they went into all these other other uh, tangents, but never thought to uh, to look Just into read that. the accounts. Yeah, yeah read the journals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's talk about Gigantopithecus. We teased that one a moment ago. So uh, this, from what I could tell, uh, the reading you sent me was based on the uh, finding that some of the body parts, the teeth in particular. Mm-hmm of some of the bodies that were excavated from these mounds were large or unusually large. So could you tell me a little bit of the theory that there were actual giants on North America? Yes. So um, that starts with the Bible and uh, there's been a couple mound builder enthusiast reverends that really pushed the uh, giants from the book of Genesis Mm -hmm. as uh, the ancient mound builders. And it, it was actually even like mentioned in school books <laughs> around this time. But basically, a lot of these skeletons that they've looked at now from these sites, they're just mismeasured. There's also a lot of um, Ice Age bones, like the Mastodon tooth. And there's been femurs from giant sloths found. And people just misidentified it as being parts of giant humans. I did see something about a 47 inch femur. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just people weren't, they weren't that aware of anatomy and, and the human skeleton. So it was a lot of misidentification going on. And there was also straight out hoaxes of, of giant stone giants that were petrified, supposedly like uh, there's an example of a uh, like Cardiff, Cardiff giant. Oh yeah. The giant. And, oh, yeah. That was, um, What's his face? Barnum got involved in that, right? Yes, he did. Yep. What happened there, just briefly? Oh, well, he, this farmer said he dug up a large fossilized man. He went, he sold, I think, some of his interests in it, but he immediately became, started displaying the remains as, you know, an ancient giant of America. Right. People came to visit. Exactly. Thousands of people came to visit. And yeah, Barnum tried to buy it from him. They wouldn't sell. So I guess he ended up making his own copy of of their fraud to display. (laughs) But eventually this guy's, uh, I think it was his cousin. It was one of his family members who um, helped him with the fraud and actually confessed. So that puts me in mind of the Lost Tribes of Israel theory, because the Newark, yes. uh, Newark, Ohio, there was the Newark Holy Stones. They were discovered by a guy named David Wyrick. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. So um, basically he, he found what there's the, the flow stone that he believed was used in Jewish rituals. It was three things. It was a keystone, a the bowl, keystone, and, a, yeah. and a decalogue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, I, I do know that Cyrus Thomas, who cleared up the issue of mound builders, he did personally inspect all of those and determine them to to be false but they had hebrew inscriptions on them but apparently they didn't make a lot of sense (laughs) (laughs) and it's supposed to have been the ten commandments right but they weren't written well or something there's a lot of errors and the the hebrew was very recent hebrew yeah it it was clearly to to uh well to to Thomas, at least, Cyrus Thomas, who was eventually the one who studied thousands and thousands of mounds, and uh, he was 
paid by the government to, to look into the mound builder myth. And he concluded that no, it's Native Americans. But but yes, the Lost Tribe of Israel was a big one. And that one would kind of come and go in popularity. And b- besides the Newark stones, there's been other Hebrew-like artifacts that people claim to have found. So yeah, according to Genesis, there's like something like eight to 10 tribes of Israel of the 12 that... Um just sort of got lost. They got wandered off and we don't know what happened to them. And uh, you mentioned the Book of Mormon. Joseph Smith argued uh, in part that they had, one of the lost tribes had come and established the Holy Land, specifically, I guess, at Salt Lake City. But he also believed Nauvoo, Illinois might be the Holy Land, right? Yeah. And Jackson County, Missouri, I think was the Garden of Eden. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, Smith died right right in your state there, right? Yes, he did. He did. Met his end trying to uh, leave jail. Yeah. The Mormons argue about whether or not he was escaping jail. I can't remember, but he was persecuted anyway. Yeah, so. I haven't been up there. I need, need to make it up to Navajo sometime. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'd be interesting to see. I don't know mm-hmm. if they have that preserved or what. but I know it's, uh, yeah, there's a historic site up there, so... But these folks were, with the Lost Tribes theory, they weren't, I mean, maybe there were some Mormons among them, but they weren't necessarily trying to prove Joseph Smith right. They were just working through biblical history. Exactly. And that started even, you know, way before, like, even going back to the the 17th century, there's people arguing it was the Lost Tribe of Israel that came to the New World. So it, it really started way back. And it's just, it's one of those themes that keep popping up every so often um, in this debate. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get into this a little bit. So uh, first, let, uh, maybe who, who do you, who do you, who were these people? Who, who did build these mounds? If it wasn't giants burying, I guess, their fellow giants, if it wasn't Vikings, if it wasn't Atlanteans, who was it? Yes, it was the ancestors of our current Native Americans, which they, many of them told Cyrus that and told other folks that um and it was widely ignored for a very long time but really it's there are so many mound building cultures in the u.s so it's it's so hard to to generalize but the the only way i can is by saying the descendants of our, our current native americans and there's native groups that track their lineage to specific cultures like the Mississippian culture, the Osage in their histories, they believe they are the descendants of Mississippian culture. And it's, it's really important for them to, to keep that identity. And, you know, I, I just don't want to see that identity lost because it, it has been for so long and it, it shouldn't be perpetuated because they're, they're humans and they've been here and, and they will tell you that. <laughs> Yes, it, it, just for our folks who from you know, don't remember from middle school, when did our native people, or how did our native people come to the Americas? How long have they been here? Well, we there's some pre-Clovis sites that go back um, about fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand years. Yeah, we never work on anything that old here. So. <laughs> well, my 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 dates of my earlier. You know. <laughs> We do woodland and Mississippi and pretty much some archaic. <laughs> uh, but so, right. so how did the, how did folks get so, here? Uh, basically, the land bridge. But there is also some some traveling, you know, maybe boats along the land bridge too, or you know, uh, basically they came from Asia. And people were saying that early on too. It's amazing that some of these guys were right early on in the debate. So the land bridge, meaning like Siberia area, they walked from Siberia yeah. over to. 
Canada, essentially. Yes. So, uh, and that happened maybe 15,000 years before zero or 15,000 years ago. Well, the the pre-Clovis are around 15,000. So I think this would be more like 13. Yeah. Hell of a long said, time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pre- long time pre-Clovis. Ago. <laughs> yeah. Very long. Now, I mean, of course, it's tempting. We probably couldn't speculate this far, but it's tempting to say that since the burial mounds are so widespread across the continent, that maybe this was a practice of, you know, those original people who are making that crossing. Is there any speculation on that? You know what I mean? Like if this is a shared practice? Yeah. And I mean, that's something people have have said, but you know, and you find mounds across the world too. So I think it's so we, hard to theorize, right? It is because at the same time, it's like, why would you, why would you need to build something out of stone? Why would it, why couldn't you just build a mound, you know? Um, so are oh, you mean why the practice changed? Yeah. And, and people, you know, like they did mounds versus pyramids. You know, a lot of people see mounds and pyramids as, as being very similar. And I, I think they are, it's just a matter of where you're at what materials you have whether or not you're going to build a mound or a stone pyramid i see so when we get into mexico and further points south where we start to see a lot of these stone structures you think that's because of they didn't have the kind of clay that we have in north america yeah and they probably had better stone um and more stone than what like we had in the in the midwest um easier to work with easier to more work abundant with, more okay. abundant yeah and of course, sand for the Egyptians. Good, yes, exactly. You're not going to uh, build your mounds out of sand. <laughs> so uh, it, what are some differences? I mean, how would you characterize the differences in, in the way these are done? What are some varieties of mounds we might come across? Uh, well, usually the, the conical mounds. I think that's what most people think of when you just think of a mound. Um just a regular conical shape. There was also the the platform like um, mounds, and I think it have a lot of different platform styles. But it, it's reminiscent of a, of the stepped pyramids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also a lot of just earthworks in general, um, effigy mounds. And so, how do you know it's an effigy mound? Oh, um, where it, so like the serpent effigy mound is. Yeah, looks like a serpent with an egg in his mouth. There's bird effigy mounds, so they <laughs> built the mound to look like a, a bird. And you can see that from the sky. Oh, yes. that's very yeah. interesting. And we have no idea why, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any guesses? Are we are we allowed to guess? I mean, I, I it could be a show for the gods, or oh, you yeah. know, it doesn't right? necessarily yeah. have to be. That it can be seen from space, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. I don't want to jump into that. <laughs> <laughs> An- ancient astronauts and. <laughs> oh right, right, right. Yeah. Starting to get me in dangerous territory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when we get yes, yeah, right. Well, as we did do an episode on that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and I enjoy it as an archaeologist. And now I realize how common these beliefs are. I meet people, and they say, "Oh, you know, there's a giant and." Yeah, monk's mound and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we tend to yeah. pick on the history channel a little bit yeah. i think they're part of your problem there they, they are tend to i propagate agree. this yes i every time you say something about them I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree <laughs> particularly for archaeologists i mean because they mess around with ancient culture so much because i think there's so much 
that we can only guess at as far as the reasons behind things. Exactly. Exactly. Harder to do that with the Declaration of Independence. And yet we still have movies like uh, The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> and, oh, no, National, National Treasure. Treasure. Yeah. Sorry, National Treasure. Although Da Vinci was not that old in comparison to what you're talking about either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> in comparison, let's, let's get into, uh, I have a note here about William Bartram. Uh, so getting at, sort of at why why exactly we would... <laughs> I guess the mystery here, in part, is why colonizers would come, see these mounds, see that Native people are engaging with them, and then come up with these stories. I mean, very far-fetched stories about Vikings and Atlantis. And, yes. like, you have to work, right? You have yeah. to go all the way back to Plato to tell the Atlantis story before Blavatsky. So uh, why? why? So uh, William Bartram, my note here is that he reported that Creek and Cherokee regarded the mounds as having been built before they arrived. Uh, and to Bartram, the important point of that was that uh, this meant that the Native people had colonized much like whites had colonized mm-hmm. North America. So obviously Bartram uh, is a little bit off. I mean, the Cheek Creek and Cherokee may have maybe been talking about their own ancestors, you know, but uh, what do we, what do you make of this? Oh, I make of it is just, it's helping us justify America's manifest destiny to, to, to take over. It's, you know, we can't see these current native peoples as truly being indigenous because guess what? Europeans found this first and then were destroyed. So I think it was, and it, it's something you see get printed as the Indian Removal Acts increase with time and it starts becoming popularized in school books as some of our actions towards Native Americans became, um, you know, even, even more violent and, and pushing them further and further out. So it, it definitely had a political purpose. So through the 19th century, we see a propagation of these theories. Exactly. And it's definitely, I think it's just to drive American culture forward with our our belief that uh, this land is our land to to do what we want. It also takes away from having to preserve these mounds, which is interesting because some early mounds were preserved only because people thought that Vikings or Welsh built them. And then once it was finally determined later on, like, okay, natives built them, then it was okay to just destroy them. (laughs) (laughs) But some, some early mounds actually saw preservation early because there was a wide belief of, of uh, white European groups had been the ones to actually build them. John Dee was actually involved in that whole, John Dee tried to prove that the Welsh had discovered America oddly enough so <laughs> yet again the occult pops up yeah yeah i was trying to think uh, as you were talking about the welsh because it seems sort of weird that it's the vikings or the welsh of all people but yeah it was john d uh, that just came back to me as you were talking that had yeah. um, tried to prove to elizabeth because he was trying to justify england's right to north america okay bye, bye over the others it. Yeah, if the Welsh had found it first, then the Spanish had no right to it, or yeah. the Italians or, or the Perfect. French. We had a right. To, the, we, by we, I mean the British had a right to it. Uh, my people are Welsh uh, and, and uh, yeah. British, so. <laughs> yeah, y- Yancey, there's no surname, but the family story is two brothers that came from Wales. Oh, okay. To North, North Carolina in the 1600s. And... So we're arguing against our own best interests here, <laughs> yes, Miranda. We I should know. be all over the Wales theory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, interesting. So 
I mean, basically, the argument then is that Europeans were here first, and the native people supplanted them, and therefore we should take it back. Does this work just as well if giants were here or Israelites? You know, it 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 seems to for them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I I feel like part of it that was also part of a religious, you know, America with our religion and how we like to tie everything. <laughs> Right. So if we say it's the Israelites, the Israelites are pre-Christians. They became the Christians in theory, right? Through Jesus. Therefore, they're us. Exactly. And it's also just, I think, anything to reinforce biblical truths um, of what what they saw as as being true. Um, Like I said, there's a few prominent reverends who were very much into the lost ancient race (laughs) theories. And a lot of them went on with the lost tribe of Israel. Um, and I think it was just, and they also really pitched the giants and it was just to validate what they're reading in the Bible. Um, you know, they're, they're looking for that validation and they'll find it when they look that hard. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because, you know, when we think about the role of the Christian church or Christianity, the Christian church, the Catholic church, I guess, historically, but then Christianity more broadly and their missionary work. I mean, they, they're really trying to colonize native people no matter mm-hmm. where they go and here they are taking dead native people yeah <laughs> and turning them into aspects of christianity or judeo-christianity yeah, it's fascinating it is <laughs> and you know that was a lot of i guess you could say more of the more of the educated views on mounds at the time um most people like just normal people saw mounds in a really supernatural way like a a lot of like local newspapers or you know small town papers would talk about treasure hunting on mounds and and (laughs) they're guarded by ghosts and demons um wow yeah so and people in uh as emma harding britain emma harding britain yeah she uh was gonna try to contact the mound builders at a seance they were gonna take her out to newark ohio later on to to meet the spirit but uh, a fire spirit took over and there was a fire and she never made it to the mounds. Oh my goodness. I did not. I am, I am one of like three people on planet earth. I think who is an expert on Emma Harding Britain. I did not know that story. That is a new one by me. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll send uh, in, in her biography there. She talks about the mound builders and this doctor she's working with, and he's convinced they're Freemasons. Wow, <laughs> the I've, re- I've read that book, but I must have breezed right over it because you know, and it doesn't have to do with your whatever argument you're yeah, making. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's I, a weird I was thing looking she for did. mounds and, and <laughs> yeah, mounds there and it is. Cultism, so. <laughs> oh well, well, you don't need to send it to me. I'm going to search them, yeah. Miranda. Yes, yeah, that's search very interesting. In yeah, how about that? And that's then... fascinating. <laughs> So, I mean, for folks who haven't listened to our first few episodes of this po- whole podcast, uh, Britain was the historian of spiritualism, and she's one of the three people, along with P.B. Randolph and Helena Blavatsky, who invented American occultism, essentially, and then exported it to the wide world. And here she is. Uh, well, you know, spiritualists were fascinated with uh, native people, though. Mm-hmm. So for her, I imagine contacting the mound builders, I- I'm guessing she would probably have seen them as native people. Or what do you, is it to say otherwise? Uh, you know, I, I with her, I, I would think so. It sounds like the doctor she was with was pretty convinced they were Freemasons. That um, the mound builders were Freemasons. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, her late, her husband, near the end of her life, she married very late in life. 
How about that? He believed they were Freemasons. Or, well, like, a, ancient Dr. Freemasons. Fowler? Yeah, ancient Freemasons who had. Oh, it wasn't her husband then. Just just another doctor she was hanging with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with uh, with the seance, and I guess she the spirit. She was going to investigate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See if there we really were Freemasons. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. So yet another theory that they were built by ancient Freemasons, which I guess ties back to the Temple of Solomon and the Israelites, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fascinating, boy. These mounds. There's no end of fun uh, cultural tidbits surrounding. It is there. Yeah, people pick them up. There is people who would do seances at mounds, trying to connect with the dead. We were talking a little bit before we started today about vanishing, the trope of the vanishing Indian, which is a 19th century idea. How does this, how do these uh, ideas feed into this trope? You know, I, I, to me, they're almost justifying. That, that they should be, that they are vanished, that they that have they are, vanished. That, yeah, that they have and they are vanished. And that's, that's what this whole lost race theory was all about. Um, and I think it was also tied into the fact that they saw them, European Anglo-Americans saw themselves as being above, above the natives. So both above and, and before, prior to, they're sort of like the interlopers on this land. And they're also disappearing, the, the real ones are. Yeah, so, I mean, in the 19th century, we romanticized the Native American. Originally, I mean, there was these two tropes in the theater world anyway, on stage. And, you know, theater used to be all of entertainment for the most part. Yeah. And the old trope was the savage varmint Indian, where, you know, it's deceitful and would stab you. And it's sort of like the Wild West kind of mm-hmm. conception. And eventually that image gave way to something more like a, you know, vanishing or noble. The noble savage. Indian. Yeah. Who's, you know, we're going to, we're losing and we, we mourn this loss, but it, it's sort of like the inevitable tide of history is to wipe these people away. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, that, that was a, a political use of the mound builder myth um, to help justify colonialization and removal of, of Native Americans. Right, all that action by the military. Yes. And and the settlers, the pioneers, and, and these sort of folks crossing the West. Yeah, that's it's interesting. It's interesting how it, it, it comes to play in all that. And, you know, as, as we were saying before, this is something we want to be sensitive to today. Uh, exactly. We don't talk about Native people in the past tense. We talk about Native people in the present tense because they are here. They are with us. We can meet them. They're around. Do you do work with uh, Native people? I mean, you, you mentioned that you, you had interactions with uh, folks as you were doing some excavation. Uh, so could you tell me a little bit about how Native people today engage with the uh, burial mounds? Ah, well, basically they work with a lot of museums um, and and they work with archaeologists today um, basically to preserve preserve mounds and to repatriate um, grave goods and skeletal remains that are in museum collections. So um, they have the, the Native American Grave Repatriation Act, NAGPRA, um, and that by law allows Native cultures to make claims to archaeological materials. Um, so we work with, with tribes a lot with that. Right now, the museum I work at, um, we're getting ready to revamp the the Peoples of the Past exhibit is extremely old, I think from maybe the 80s, um, <laughs> very out of date. And it's something we're working with with tribes 
to make sure that they're not presented as vanished, that they're still here and to get their input as to what, what they, how they would like to be presented um, and, and what kind of things they would like to see. So it's really, we're trying to do our best to work with native people. And I think it's important to get their voice out there. And I, I initially contacted you because I thought you did such a great job with the, the elders of, of Zion conspiracy theory, which is oh, very racist. <laughs> and to me, this is a very racist theory too. And now it's gone into this whole ancient aliens and there's all these giants of America TV show. And, and it all comes from this colonizer view of, of natives. And it's just, it's, it's very harmful. It's a, you know, and it might be fun to think about giants, you know, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's really a damaging belief. And I think all of these, um, these things that take away from cultures of the past are, are, are damaging. And I think especially to native peoples. So that's why, why I contacted you <laughs> to yeah, see if you were I, interested. <laughs> I think maybe I've been suffering under a little bit of a misconception as we talk, because I understood these ideas as being of the past. I, I got to give myself away to my listeners here. I don't actually, although I talk about the history channel and mock them a little bit, it's often because I come across their websites. I don't actually turn it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I I guess we have cable, but uh, we we use Apple TV, so we don't we don't. Yeah, um, I don't. You know what I mean? I'm never it. flipping through the channel, so so these ideas are still with us. Yes, very much so, and it it really surprises me because yeah, the people the, after they meet me, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm an archaeologist. Oh, what do you what do you think about the ancient aliens? Or oh, do you know there's giants? <laughs> there's giants buried in Cahokia Mounds. I'm like, no, no, there's not. <laughs> I mean the ancient aliens, yeah. I I I I, I hear that. I mean that, that definitely is everywhere and we've done that episode. But yeah, yeah. So people still think that the giants, yes. The giants. It's coming back. This guy wrote a book a few years ago about the conspiracy and, and how the Smithsonian covered this all up. So now people are all riled up over the Smithsonian and Nagpra saying they're hiding the remains of these giants. And they're all taken from these like 19th century newspaper accounts, which I'm sure you've read enough 19th yes. century newspapers to know that they're, <laughs> if there are people are worried about fake news today, they should have seen it <laughs> back then. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the beauty of histor- uh, work in the archive, right? Is that you have to try to figure out what the bias is and what the angle is on those old exactly. newspaper stories. Yep. People will do the same to us one day, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the angle is no longer what it was in the 19th century about Europeans or Vikings or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Maybe that's too overtly racist for modern media. Now the angle is paranormal. Is that, that's is that correct? That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just kind of molded into this new, less racist, more paranormal, <laughs> paranormal view. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a downer at all. I mean, you said at the beginning that we'd be letting folks down a little yeah. bit. I, I think it's important because, you know, as we say often on the show, there are things out there that are unexplained. Mm-hmm. But we can't, we need to be very cautious when, when we are, we really have to, I guess, draw the lines tightly around that unexplained thing if we're ever going to figure out what's going on there. And when we allow so much nonsense to bleed in that's poorly researched and, and is based on spurious evidence then we lose the ability to understand. I mean, there are great mysteries here that we've talked about today, mm-hmm. you know, why the mounds are so widespread and, and what they meant and what happened in those temples. These are fascinating questions that would be 
worth speculating over. But how can we even begin to if we're going to be telling lies? Yeah. And it's just been repeated over and over again. Um, yeah. So it's still still alive and well. So the giant theory is now the go-to theory. It is. It's I, Yeah. I would say giants and then aliens. And it's sad. It, I, it wasn't until I got divorced <laughs> that I got an eight dating apps for the first time. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's, it's, it's a good screener for me. Cause they, oh, oh, so when people hit you up, they'll say, do you know about giants? Yes. Yes. <laughs> or that'll be the first thing they say. And it's like, okay, I know not to talk to you. <laughs> That's great. That is, that is handy. So maybe your profession is really working for you here. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's shocking to me, the number of people. And I've talked to some of my other um, coworkers about this and they've, they've, they have similar things. We have people to come to one of our other museums that don't realize that the natives who built the mounds there were actually humans mm, and not like, giants, not even humans, like, but not, yeah, not giants, but just not even human. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's dangerous, dangerous conspiracy theory. And, uh, but, but yeah, fascinating. I mean, fascinating. Do you want to speculate on the politics of that? I mean, beyond what I said to say about paranormalism and, you know, we love to play and, and, I think paranormalism becomes an, an excuse sometimes to tell stories that, you know, are just sensational, that they grab grab attention. It's far more interesting to say that there are giants than that there aren't. But, but why do you think there's politics in here with Native people still? I've never asked any Native peoples what they feel about this. About I guess, the giant theory? Yeah, I guess I always just feel so... You feel <laughs> so embarrassed, embarrassed to bring it up? It. Like, <laughs> you're going to waste your time with this, but... So yeah, I'm I'm really not I can't really speak to say how they feel about it, but I, I do know that they take archaeology very seriously and that they uh -huh. want they want serious study done. Um, I, I guess I'm curious why you think people are, if part of the reason people are still doing this giant theory is maybe out of a sense of guilt over you know the losses of native people or you know what I mean? Like, is this another way of dealing with America's history? Why keep telling the giant story? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, to me, it still is just a a whitewashing of yeah of, of what actually happened, and I I think they just found a new way to to say it because they'll still with these giants, a lot of them will go back to maybe Viking or oh, they had red hair. These giants had red hair and they were white. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I don't think that maybe they mean to do it that yeah. way i don't think they realize where it comes from mm -hmm. i think that's the problem these the people don't realize where this all originated from and that it was it was a, a blatant plan of attack really um to dehumanize the natives and to justify white society taking over i, I mean my personal take on you know these unintentional slights is that honestly if if you're being honest and if you're you know being careful and you're looking for the evidence and you're following the evidence you can generally avoid falling into these traps it's when you're unwilling to look deeply and you know really mm -hmm. question you know where is this coming from what's this all about that's when trouble starts it is yes yeah you need to question those 19th century newspaper accounts <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just take everything they say is <laughs> 
<laughs> the same careful thought you would bring to trying to understand nuclear physics, I think, you know, is the same careful thought you should bring to trying to understand that 19th century newspaper account. And if you're thinking carefully, you can yes. avoid these things. I agree. It's. I think it's mostly unintentional. I, I don't do, think these yeah. folks are trying to, to do this, but they're doing it unintentionally because they're just not carefully following the evidence, right? Exactly. So another another pitch to carefully follow the evidence. Uh, Miranda, what can we do, you know, if we want to advocate for Native people today, uh, what can we do in regard to the burial mounds? Uh, well, you could, if anyone, there's a lot of like archaeological society groups. And also if you're in an area where there, there's tribal representatives or they have a tribal historic preservation office. Um, you could always see if they needed volunteers or um, any kind of assistance um, with the, with their studies. Um, what about tourism? Is it, is it a good thing to want to visit? Is it a bad thing? Uh, you know what? There's actually some great native run museums. Unfortunately, uh, Cahokia, it's a state ran one, but um, up North, I haven't, there's a couple of really nice, I've just seen like virtual tours of them, but museums that are actually built by native people and, and from their point of view. And I would say if you can find those places, go visit those, go talk to them, go see how they want to be presented. Let them tell their story to you. That is well worth the time and effort. That is great advice. I love when I go to a, a city or a town or any area to look beyond what's been, you know, the, the flashy touristy, uh, I guess, trip advisor things, right? Mm -hmm. I, I love to look for these, you know, voices of the people of the area. And often when I guess in regard to these burial mounts, these are native voices, right? They are, yes, yeah. And, you know, just be respectful when you visit them. There's a lot of sites, mound sites you can visit, at, like a lot of state historic sites, the preserved mounds, and uh, they, they might have programs with native speakers and just take a look out there and see what you find. I, I imagine a lot of the listeners in the United States will be surprised to find as much archaeology so close to their home. Yeah, we always think about the United States as being so young, which, you know, it is as a political institution, but, uh, you know, wow, 15, 1500 years before the year one, we've got burial mounds, yeah? Fascinating. It is. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Miranda, for, uh, for joining me. This has been an excellent conversation. I, I really appreciate you lending your expertise uh, and, and telling our our confessors all about these burial mounds i, I couldn't couldn't have done it without you for sure well thank you so much it, it, it really was an honor to to join you today i love you guys and you do such great work thank you <laughs> well we'll try and try and keep it up and uh keep us updated on uh, on your, your work and, and what you what you're up to there okay and we'll do if you find out any updates on the burial mounds i'm sure we'd love to hear more awesome sounds good all right. Thank you, Miranda. Uh, and thank you all for listening uh, to Occult Confessions. <laughs>